It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. Welcome. You're listening to WSB, and the phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I think we have an answer to two questions. Uh, Why is the president's polling holding steady or trickling up? And why is the Democratic generic ballot number going down? Um, A a 3% difference now in the CNN poll. You should know, and if you've listened to this program for more than a year, you know I believe in the polling averages, and the polling average for the Democrats is still fairly significant, uh, but it is going down as well, and the president's polling holding steady or increasing slightly. Now, let's, let's review. He and and Vice President Pence greeted the prisoners who have been held in North Korea uh, last night. Those three North Koreans came home. It was very funny. The New York Times ran a story demanding to know where Mike Pompeo was. Why isn't Mike Pompeo around? Well, it turns out the president said at the end of his uh, speech on the Iran deal, Mike Pompeo had gone to North Korea. He was busy. Now, interestingly, the the new spin from the New York Times is that, well, the headline was a little salacious, yes. But what we really meant was Mike Pompeo, by going to North Korea, was unavailable to answer the questions of the people who were calling from Europe. Really? Um, There is a thing called a satellite phone. The the Secretary of State is available uh, en route to North Korea. And by the way, he has deputies. He has a Secretary of State for European Affairs who would be happy to answer their questions. Uh, They they just they had to get a dig at this uh, beyond the usual screaming about the Iran deal. But Mike Pompeo went to North Korea. We now know there's going to be a summit in June with North Korea in Singapore. A great place, by the way. Highly expensive, but very nice place. And so they're going to have this conference in Singapore. The three prisoners came home. North Korea is, has said it's winding down its nuclear program. Trust but verify that, by the way. So this is good news for the president. Now, that that's bullet point one. Bullet point two, the president is actually moving the American embassy to Jerusalem, and other nations are now following suit. There are several Central and South American nations and, and African nations that are moving their embassies to Jerusalem. If the Americans are doing it, we're doing it. Remember, everybody said that there would be war if we did this, and there hasn't been. We're moving the embassy to Jerusalem. President Trump is keeping a promise made by multiple presidents, and he's keeping it. They never did. Unemployment. Unemployment is the lowest it has been since the year 2000. Essentially, the American economy right now has full employment. In fact, there are cities in the United States of America that are paying people upwards of ten dollars to $15,000 just to move to those cities because there's a labor shortage. Uh, Nebraska has several cities that are paying people at least $10,000 to move there. Uh, there's a place in Illinois I saw today paying people $15,000 to move there. There's a labor shortage because the economy is doing so well and unemployment is so low. There are tax cuts that have helped cause this. Businesses are pouring money back in. Uh, Cox Media Group, uh, Cox Enterprises being one. My employer, I got a a tax bonus. I didn't think I was going to get it, but I did. I got a tax bonus. And, I mean, people are very happy about these bonuses that they're getting in the mail. The media is struggling to find people who are unhappy about their tax bonuses. 
because and they're having a hard time finding them. I mean, the best they can do is try to say, well, not enough people are getting these or, well, uh, too much of this is benefiting corporate America, not benefiting the middle class. I mean, they're trying to find ways to talk down to it. So you got all that. So this afternoon, it comes. It turns out that the United States has managed to capture the top five ISIS leaders. They worked in conjunction with Turkey, where we supposedly have a hostile relationship, Israel, which supposedly doesn't work with Turkey, and Iraq, which supposedly doesn't work with Turkey or Israel. And we were able to capture the top five remaining ISIS leaders. We got them. Oh, and we worked with Saudi Arabia as well. They deserve some credit. We worked with the United Arab Emirates. This story is only now coming out in the last 20 minutes. We are working with the United Arab Emirates and have uh, found a um, Iranian fraud wire transfer scheme. We were able to shut down an Iranian counterfeiting operation and a fraud operation that was defrauding people of money, routing it through various European banks into Iran to then fund its war effort. All of that's been shut down. Y'all, is it any wonder the American people are willing to look at Donald Trump and say, "Ah, you're not who we wanted, we got issues with you, but you know what, things really aren't that bad right now. Here's the thing the media isn't seeming to pick up on. It's starting to dawn on even people on the left that, you know, things really aren't that bad. There are people on the left who are starting to say, why am I so angry? I mean, why, why should they be angry? Things aren't that bad. Their, their liberty hasn't been taken away. Their gay marriage hasn't gone away. I mean, all the things, their abortions, they can still get, they can still kill their kid if they want to. None of these things have been taken away. So you've got all of this perplexing polling. You've got some pollsters who are throwing the polls away who are discrediting their own polls, saying, no, this can't be true. But more and more polls are coming out showing the same thing. The president's popularity, it's not great, it's not about 50%, but it's trending up. It's at least over 40%. It's where it was when he got elected. He's still more popular than Hillary Clinton, and believe it or not, if the election were held today, he would yet again beat Hillary Clinton. In fact, this time he would win the popular vote, according to the polling. The economy is doing very well, and the generic ballot for the Democrats is in decline. And the way that the Democrats are operating is to try to get more and more extreme on cultural issues to galvanize their base. They remember George W. Bush doing this in 2002 and 2004 on the issue of gay marriage. And they think, you know what, we can fight this culture war now at the ballot box. But you know what it's doing? It's turning off moderate voters. It's turning off black and Hispanic voters who aren't down with the transgender agenda, still aren't down with the gay marriage agenda, aren't down with the abortion industry, and really like their guns. The Democrats are marginalizing themselves. Even millennials are being turned off. By the way, there's a great piece in the Weekly Standard today from my friend Ben Shapiro on how to uh, woo millennials back to conservatism. It's actually a very good, thought-provoking piece. I would encourage you to look at it, but all of the data points out there. I mean, just take the basic news today. Unemployment is at the lowest level it's been since the year 2000. We have captured the top five leaders of ISIS. And the North Korean prisoners have come home as we wind up heading to a summit with the North Korean leadership. 
Those are all really good data points if you're the president of the United States right now. They're really good data points if your name is Donald Trump because you're the incumbent. Now, there are pessimists in the world like myself who read all these things. Oh, goodness, a depression and war must be around the corner. But that's just the way I am. It doesn't matter who the president is. But for right now, people are breathing a sigh of relief. People are saying, you know what? Things really aren't as bad as they could be. And all of the doom and gloom bluster that the media has tried to build up around this presidential administration has actually helped him because so many of the things the media said would happen have not happened. And more and more people are now having to question the media. Do they get anything right? Less and less they do. Let me have a brief timeout for this week's sponsor, and that would be Quip, uh, which is a fantastic toothbrush. I love my Quip toothbrush. I have been using it for a while. Uh, the truth is most of us are probably brushing our teeth wrong anyway, not long enough. We forget to change our brush. Uh, I know for the longest time I went without changing my brush, and I didn't realize it actually sharpens. When you brush your teeth, it actually sharpens the bristles, and in the process of sharpening the bristles, you can do gum damage. You can wear off the enamel in your teeth, so you want to actually change your brush heads, and Quip does that. It's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes you can barely fit in the back of your mouth, and it packs just the right amount of vibration to help clean your teeth. It's got a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes while guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I really like it and it has a great subscription plan. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5 including free shipping worldwide. I actually just got new brush heads last week I think uh, for my toothbrush. Uh, so Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free by going to getquip.com slash Eric. That's G-E-T-Q-I, am I doing this right? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P. Let's try that again, shall we? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Eric. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. That's getquip.com. Folks, listen, I have been using this toothbrush now for a while. I did just get my brush heads. It is great. And really the coolest thing, they don't really sell this themselves. And I'm just, I'm telling you, you don't have to travel with a recharger. Every electric toothbrush I've ever had, you had to travel with the recharger or it was really bulky because of the batteries. This one, they have streamlined it. It's one AAA battery. It has lasted me three months and still has charge in it. Uh, but yet when they sent me the new brush head, they sent a new battery with it too. So a great, great product. Highly recommend it. Getquip.com slash Eric. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Now, to the phones we go, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Robert in Sandy Springs, you are up first. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Uh, simple, I just want your opinion. Um, midterm election, November, um, if um, Trump's popularity continues to do well and he continues to do well politically, um, do you think um, he will be, the Republicans will be able to hold both houses, um, House and the Senate? You know, so I actually, with the polling trends the way they are and the economy the way it is, I think the GOP has good odds of holding the Senate. 
Um, everything's got to go right for the Democrats to hold the Senate, and I'm not sure it will for them. The House is another story, though. Um, it, typically, the party that controls the White House tends to lose the House, or at least lose numbers in the House. They only have a 24-seat majority, I believe that is. Uh, and all they've got to do is the redistricting changes in Pennsylvania and the problems that the GOP is facing in California could lose them the House, even if they keep the Senate. Do you think the Senate will gain seats, hold, or lose the seat? I think they may be able to pick up. Look, you've got a number of senators. You've got seven Democratic senators who are on the ballot from states Trump won. Uh, the GOP is probably going to lose Nevada, and they may lose Arizona. That's becoming a problem seat for them. But then they may pick up Indiana, and they may pick up Montana or West Virginia, which would be a draw. They may also be able to pick up a North Dakota with Heidi Heitzkamp. Um, there, there are several Democrats on the ballot there, and that would be good for them. Um, but my gut tells me the House is lost. If it's not lost, they're going to have such a slim majority um, as to be unworkable for the next two years. But honestly, uh, several friends of mine I've talked to who are political consultants say it might not be a bad thing to lose the House strategically for the president's own reelection because then he'd actually have someone to run against. It's real hard to run against Washington when your party controls everything. So make it about Nancy Pelosi, who is more unpopular than the president, that would give them something to do. And there is a lot of thinking in that direction in Washington. The problem is... There is a real worry among Senate Republicans that things will not keep going well until November. There's a real pessimism here. They are emboldened by Patrick Morrissey winning in West Virginia. They like the guy who won in Indiana. Uh, but can those guys beat the Democrats is another question. And can the president exercise a level of discipline on the campaign trail he hasn't thus far been able to exercise to really keep the Democratic base from mobilizing in the places like Indiana and West Virginia. The trend lines are looking very badly for the GOP in that regard. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the numbers. Back to the phones we go. Joe in Athens, you're next. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, it's a question that kind of a common same thing. Uh, today I've heard three of the different conservative uh, personalities on WSB talk about the polling, saying that the Democratic vote is declining. And I'm kind of worried that that may be a tactic, given the source with CNN, that they're actually using that as a way to try and keep Republicans away from the polls because it's a sense of confidence, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know that I would worry about that because, first of all, look at the polling average. I think it is relevant that the Democratic enthusiasm reflected in the generic ballot is declining. Uh, but I also think that there are a number of people who are overstating it. It's, it's still more significant. The CNN poll has it as a plus three advantage right now, uh, which is essentially a tie because of the, the way that sort of polling tends to favor Democrats. But the generic ballot average is still over 7%. Um, the, the CNN poll is an outlier compared to the other polling. Um, I don't think the polling is, I don't think the pollsters are making it up. Um, I have more questions, frankly, about some of the more partisan uh, pollsters. Like, I, I don't put a lot of stock in Rasmussen's baseline polling. Um 
But I, I think the polling average has tended to be fairly accurate. It was fairly accurate even in the election, indicating there were issues, but that Hillary Clinton would probably win the popular vote. In fact, the, the polling average came a lot closer than most of the pollsters themselves. Um, I, I don't know of any pollsters, uh, Gallup, uh, IPP, uh, Ipsos, um, CNN, you name it. It, it. None of those pollsters really are partisan. Uh, in fact, they try to balance out their polling firms uh, to be fairly evenly split between split between Democrats and Republicans because they don't want to be accused of partisanship. Now, there are partisan pollers out there, and you do have to be weary of those. Um, but, you know, we've still got a long way to go till November. So if it was a strategy to try to suppress the Republican vote, I, I think we'd be seeing these polling uh, numbers in September, October, November. What I actually think is going to happen in September, October, November is people turn their attention back to elections after Labor Day. We will probably see the generic battle for the Democrats go back up. Uh, we certainly know something is happening. Now, this is not to talk down the GOP. We just know that uh, turnout has been really high for Democrats. I mean, take West Virginia. There are more Republicans now in West Virginia than there are Republicans. I'm sorry, there are more Republicans now in West Virginia than Democrats. And yet the Democratic primary turnout, where there weren't really serious fights on the ballot, exceeded the Republican turnout. Or take the Arizona uh, special election we had just a couple of weeks ago. That was a race that Donald Trump had won by, that was a district Donald Trump had won by 70 points. It was a district the congressman there had won by 65 points. And this Republican congresswoman who won, congresswoman-elect, I think she's been sworn in this week now, so congresswoman, uh, she only won by about three points. Um, it, individual special elections show us no trend lines. But special elections as a whole do show us trend lines. And right now, Democrats have been outperforming by about 18% in congressional races. That is, there have been 18-point swings towards the Democrats pretty consistently in congressional race turnouts. Uh, even in those where they lost, you saw these huge swings to the Democrats where races that shouldn't be close suddenly were close. And the consistency of that over time suggests the Republicans are going to lose the House of Representatives, even if they can hang on to the Senate. Um, so we shouldn't we shouldn't be thinking that there's a conspiracy here because we're actually seeing this in the only data that really matters, and that is the actual votes. Now, I, I want to circle back. The Weekly Standard had put up a great graph a couple of weeks ago showing um, the overperformance of Democrats in special elections. And their point is the same point I've been making, that individual special elections really don't tell us anything. You can't learn a lot from special elections, but the consistency and the trend lines of special elections do tell us something. So when a Democrat surges in a single special election, it's not actually a legit data point because special elections are special elections. But when the Democrats surge in every single special election, that is a data point. And it's worth paying attention to. In the same way, we look at the Virginia races. Virginia has elections the year after a president is elected. And if a party is able to make a huge wave, then we know that that party is really energized. And in Virginia, the Democrats swept through and made gains bigger than they expected. So between the Virginia elections last year and the special elections this year, we see a Democratic overperformance in all of these elections, which suggests 
they will take the House. The question is, will they be able to take the Senate? And I I think it's a 50-50 proposition at this point whether or not they will. Every Republican candidate matters. We've got to have candidates who are on their A-game. But the Democrats, that matters with them as well. They've got to have good candidates, and some of their incumbents aren't very good incumbents. That's good for us. It's 54 after the hour. Phone lines are open 404 872 wsb talk I keep telling you, and I'm going to keep telling you, at least for another day, because, well, we're almost out of time here. You got to do something for mom for Mother's Day. Sherry's Berries is what I give my mother for Mother's Day. And I have now for years. And I give them to my wife, um, and I was doing it before I was on radio. This isn't just an an ad because they asked me to endorse them. I actually legitimately have for years given family and friends Sherry's Berries. My sisters love them. My wife loves them. My mom loves them. You can give your mom Sherry's Berries as well, starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling, or double the berries for $10 more. Time really is running out, and you can get them while they're still available, but the clock is ticking. Your berries are going to arrive in a gift box with a ribbon on it, so you don't have to even gift wrap it. They're great, great strawberries. Then they're larger and juicier than what you'll get at the store. I, I have tried that. Don't do it. Um, the stores now have caught on to Sherry's Berries. They're trying to compete, but they just can't live up to what you get from Sherry's Berries. And customer satisfaction is always number one. So your money is, well, you get your money back if you're not completely satisfied with Sherry's Berries. The only way to do this deal, though, freshly of strawberries starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling, is to go to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. And remember, you can double the berries for $10 more. So go to berries.com, click on the mic in the upper right corner, enter my code. It's just my first name, but spell it right, please. E-R-I-C-K. That's berries.com and my code, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. In the governor's race, things are heating up. Um, You know, I told you guys I felt like this was a very quiet race, and it has been a quiet race. And suddenly across the board, Things are getting a little bit nastier on all sides. There was a heated uh, lieutenant governor's race today. Uh, David Schaefer, Jeff Duncan, uh, Rick Jeffers, uh, Jeff Duncan called out David Schaefer. Um, You know, I mean, for example, um, I, I, I don't think it's a secret that Schaefer did... Uh, object at first to the adoption bill. He wound up supporting the adoption bill. It, it did go through. Uh, Duncan called him out on his original obstruction of trying to get it through. And, he, I, you know, it just, it's just it's getting all sides are trying to angle because the races are clustered together. There's a lot of undecided voters. Everybody's trying to stand out. Um, and I get it, and I don't blame people for it. Um, I do not blame people for trying to stand out from the back. It's like Brian Kemp in the end. His dad is getting a lot of a lot of favorability from Trump supporters, uh, which is kind of funny because Michael Williams has kind of set himself up as the Trump guy, and I am seeing just a massive number of Trump supporters love Brian Kemp's new ad with the explosion in the background uh, his his making it about illegal aliens that he's got a big truck he's happy to round up criminal illegals and he says yep I just said that now the national media hates that advertisement which is probably a good shot sign for Brian Kemp now I I see this the recurring idea that the whole purpose of these sorts of ads is to make liberal heads explode and I really don't think that's what it is at all 
I really think these guys are trying to stand out in a crowded field where there is limited attention to the race and more and more people have moved off of traditional media to Netflix, iTunes, and the like, Hulu. So they're not paying attention to campaign ads. So the more bombastic the campaign ad, the more people talk about it, the more people get attention and people can connect the message. Um, so good for him in that regard. Now, when we come back, we got to move on. Gina Haspel before the Senate. John McCain coming out opposing her. Lindsey Graham breaking with John McCain on this. It's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. Welcome. It is WSB in Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Gina Haspel is before the Senate. She is the nominee for CIA director. She is a lifer in the CIA, the first woman nominated to be director of the Central Intelligence Agency. She was in charge of the clandestine service for a number of years. And Democrats are making big hay out of her um, support of torture, they're, they're waterboarding. John McCain came out and said that she's not willing to call torture immoral. Now, she actually said that she would not do anything she found immoral, and she agrees with the uh, change in, in the consensus that we shouldn't be doing what we were doing, and she would abide by that and keep the CIA out of it. But that wasn't enough for John McCain. He's not going to be there the, to vote anyway. Joe Manchin has come out in support of her, as has Susan Collins. Rand Paul has come out against her. They really need one more uh, Democrat to support her. The vice president could break the tie, but it's going to be very, very close. And she does need some more Democratic support. But here's the interesting thing. Democrats are attacking her for the enhanced interrogation techniques. What the Democrats do not want to tell you is that they were perfectly happy to vote for John Brennan uh, to be the director of national intelligence under Barack Obama. And he participated in enhanced interrogation techniques. In fact, he was apprised of the program and in on the program before Gina Haspel was ever involved with it. But you know who knew about the enhanced interrogation techniques and was fine with them before Brennan or Gina Haspel? Nancy Pelosi. That's right, folks. Shortly after 9-11, Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic leaders in the House and Senate, along with the Republican leaders, they were briefed on what our plans were with these terrorists we were capturing, and they were okay with them. They were okay with it. If anything, the objection to Gina Haspel has a lot to do with the Democrats essentially trying to atone for their own sins and complicity in things they're now not okay with. And they want Gina Haspel to be the scapegoat, and she came in late to what was going on. Gina Haspel had a completely different um, operation within the CIA, she came late to it. The enhanced interrogations were already underway. John Brennan uh, was there. The Democrats are okay with him. They approved him to um, 
be Barack Obama's director of national intelligence well after they knew he had been involved in enhanced interrogation techniques. They're really only upset about Gina Haspel because Donald Trump is nominating her. You know, Barack Obama advanced her in the CIA. She did not have to have congressional approval for his advancement of her within the CIA, but he supported Gina Haspel. I mean, she has broad, broad bipartisan support of Democrats and Republicans within the intelligence community. The objections of Democrats, now the objection of John McCain, he's been pretty consistent on this, even going back to um, the waterboarding era of the Bush administration, he was opposed. But the Democrats weren't. Their real objection has nothing to do with Haspel and everything to do with Donald Trump. They are putting the national security of the United States at risk by not supporting a woman who has been there for 33 years, knows the CIA better than anyone, and would be the least political person to oversee the CIA in decades. But they don't care about that. They care about opposing Donald Trump. There's another story making the rounds this evening about Sean Hannity. It is an attack from the Washington Post on Sean Hannity. It is so typical of what the media does in these situations. Uh, it's about Sean Hannity's landlord practices. Believe it or not, Sean Hannity evicts people from his rental properties if they stop paying rent. Some of them within two weeks of not paying rent. The eviction paperwork is being processed. How is this bad? I mean, how is this bad? They, they've got sob stories from people in the Washington Post. Sean Hannity, I didn't even know he was involved and he evicted me from my property because I couldn't pay the rent. I was on a hard time. I was in the hospital and Sean Hannity wouldn't let me stay for free. He's not running a charity. I'm Listen, I'm sorry. I do feel bad for the people. But Sean Hannity bought these properties out of foreclosure. They were foreclosed on because the prior landlords weren't managing them properly, and Sean Hannity is managing them properly. Now, are we going to do sob stories about everyone evicted in America? Because when I was a lawyer, I handled evictions for landlords. did it on a regular basis. It was completely unpleasant. Nobody likes to throw someone out of their home particularly when they're on hard times, when they have medical bills, when they've been sick, they're in the hospital, they're not working. Nobody likes to do that. But it's also a business. If your tenant is not paying you, then you've got to pay your property taxes and the utilities and everything else out of your pocket. There are places people can go when they're on hard times and need help. There actually are. Your taxes are as high as they are because you are funding social services for people in need. Sean Hannity's running a for-profit business. He can be charitable if he wants to be charitable, but he doesn't have to. And neither you nor the Washington Post have any right to tell him he should be doing otherwise. They're trying to portray Hannity as a heartless SOB, who took advantage of the system. He may have taken advantage of the system. He he was able to find properties in foreclosure. Contrary to the way the media wanted to portray it, though, he wasn't out uh, connecting with, with the Department of uh, or Housing and Urban Development trying to get them to cut him in on a deal. He wasn't doing it. Everything was above board. Everything was legitimate. He was an investor. And I just, I read these stories and... and it reads more to me as an invasion of property. They want to tar and feather Sean Hannity. They want to make him to be the bad guy. You know, when I was at CNN, 
we moved out of our old house into where we live now, and we thought about renting our old house. And my boss at CNN told me not to. Because if I did, as a conservative, they wouldn't do it, but some media outlet somewhere would run a story about me being a heartless SOB. And if anything went wrong in that house, then the tenants would know they could run to the paper and get a story in the paper about what an awful landlord I was, whether it was true or not. In the same way, Christy and I, we really prayerfully, and I do mean that heartfelt, prayerfully considered the foster program. My wife and I, we have a lot of friends who are foster parents. And at CNN and at Fox, I was strongly discouraged from being a foster parent. For the very fact that if a parent of a child who was in the foster program found out that we were the foster parents, given what I did for a living, we could be dragged through the mud. We could be shaken down for money. And while I have regretted not doing the foster program, I, I totally got the concerns and treated it as legitimate. It has happened to people I know. Um, and I see this story on, with Hannity on par for that. He's, he's running a legitimate business. And the media is using the sob stories of people who have been evicted to try to make him look like a bad person as opposed to they entered into a contractual relationship and they did not fulfill their end of the deal. And so they want Hannity to, be, to run a charity. I mean, if the Washington Post is so concerned about these people, why doesn't the Washington Post pay their rent? I mean, they're owned by a billionaire, Jeff Bezos. He can pay the rent for all of these people. But he's not interested in doing that. The Washington Post not interested in doing that. They're only interested in running a story about Sean Hannity making him look bad. That is why people hate the media, deservedly so. Let me have a brief timeout for this week's sponsor, and that would be Quip, uh, which is a fantastic toothbrush. I love my Quip toothbrush. I've been using it for a while. Uh, the truth is most of us are probably brushing our teeth wrong anyway, not long enough. We forget to change our brush. Uh, I know for the longest time I went without changing my brush, and I didn't realize it actually sharpens. When you brush your teeth, it actually sharpens the bristles, and in the process of sharpening the bristles, you can do gum damage. You can wear off the enamel in your teeth, so you want to actually change your brush heads, and Quip does that. It's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes. You can barely fit in the back of your mouth, and it packs just the right amount of vibration to help clean your teeth. It's got a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes while guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I really like it and it has a great subscription plan. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5 including free shipping worldwide. I actually just got new brush heads last week I think uh, for my toothbrush. Uh, so Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free by going to getquip.com slash Eric. That's G-E-T-Q-I, am I doing this right? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P. Let's try that again, shall we? G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Eric. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. That's getquip.com. Folks, listen, I have been using this toothbrush now for a while. I did just get my brush heads. It is great. 
And really the coolest thing, they don't really sell this themselves. And I'm just, I'm telling you, you don't have to travel with a recharger. Every electric toothbrush I've ever had, you had to travel with the recharger or it was really bulky because of the batteries. This one, they have streamlined it. It's one AAA battery. It has lasted me three months and still has charge in it. Uh, but yet when they sent me the new brush head, they sent a new battery with it too. So a great, great product. Highly recommend it. Getquip.com slash Eric. Uh, we do have more to talk about when we come back, including the opioid crisis. And have y'all heard about this? Some crazy woman in Australia who claims to be a, a sexual therapist says that you need to get your baby's permission before changing diapers. How do you do that? You make eye contact with your baby. But otherwise, it's sexual assault. If you change your baby's diaper without getting their permission, it's sexual assault. These people, I mean, is it any wonder that people look at these sorts of professions and mock them as Looney Tunes? Because they are Looney Tunes by and large, and they dis- they they do a disservice to the legitimate ones out there. Just absolutely nutty. is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. I want to talk about the opioid crisis because we don't really talk about it a lot on this program. Um, Just bear with me for one minute. I realize that this topic really turns off a lot of people because it depresses you because you know people who are addicted and you you want it out of your mind. I I totally get that. Um, I know people who have gotten addicted to painkillers and I also know people who committed suicide because they couldn't get painkillers and were in chronic pain. And I just, I'm hearing all these stories like Walmart is now going to, in some cases, limit supplies to seven days. I'm wondering if we're overreacting. And and I don't want to downplay um, what's happening in the country when it comes to painkiller addiction. I I really don't want to downplay that because I know it's a legitimate issue. But I also know there are a lot of people who do have real needs, and chronic pain is a thing. Uh, Dennis Prager, uh, many of you know, his uh, stepson's father, if you can follow along with her, he, he has a stepson, and his stepson's father committed suicide because he fell off a ladder and had a bunch of internal injuries, punctured lung uh, ruptured intestines, all sorts of things. And, and Dennis wrote very lovingly that the, the man, essentially his life ended when he fell off the ladder. He lived for another two years in chronic pain and it got to the point where doctors would not prescribe him painkillers. And it turns out he had adhesions on his stomach lining that couldn't be detected. They found after the autopsy that were causing him intense chronic pain. He couldn't eat. He lost half his body weight because when he would eat, uh, just the stretching of his stomach caused him so much pain. And he had gone to Mexico to try to do surgery that they wouldn't do in the United States that insurance wouldn't pay for. Nothing fixed him. The only thing that gave him some relief was painkillers. And he ultimately committed suicide because he couldn't get the painkillers. And and Prager's point is... 
Um, which would you prefer, someone committing suicide because they're in, in chronic pain or someone potentially having an overdose? And I just, I, I tend to think that when the media goes in a herd on any story, I mean, take a completely separate, unrelated story, the Facebook stuff on, on uh, the media frenzy over Facebook. You get this herd mentality to just do something. And people have to scratch the, the just do it itch. And it seems to me that there is a level of overreaction now on the opioid crisis. It's not to say there isn't one. Don't hear me say there isn't one. Um, there, there are lots of people addicted. And really, one of the big issues is the doctors. There are doctors who are overprescribing and they're giving the other doctors a bad name. And some doctors are refusing to prescribe because of the situation. I don't think it is a patient's fault who is in pain and has legitimate need, and they are highly addictive and they get addicted. Um, I think doctors need to do a better job, and the doctors who are overprescribing need to be caught. One of the things Clay Tippins talked about on the campaign trail is that you can do an overlay in Georgia if you want to find out where the opioid addiction is, uh, overlay, and you can fairly well pinpoint uh, a handful of doctors in the state who are writing massive amounts of prescriptions to people all over the place. Maybe we should investigate further. But it, it seems that this restriction of the supply to the degree that some companies like Walmart are doing um, really isn't good. I had a, a listener reach out to me who actually lives in Ohio. I mentioned this on Twitter, and she said she's about to have a C-section. And she's had two C-sections, was in fairly constant pain for about two weeks um, after having the C-section. And it, she needed the painkillers. And now, her local Walmart, she's going to have to find somewhere else that will actually prescribe her what the doctor prescribes her, knowing her needs because she's going to have a newborn baby and be in pain and not be able to trot out to Walmart to get the painkillers ready. It's just, there's got to be a better way. And I don't think anyone's really thinking of the better way. They just want the headlines of, oh, we take this problem seriously and we're just going to, going to overreact in a different way. It's unfortunate. Tomorrow, we will have more on North Korea and the president's plans for the summit. Uh, we should find out more as well about the prisoners who have been rescued. <laughs>